that close. They were that close. The Knicks did it to them again. The Hornets, they lose. But we're going to possibly live in our own fantasy land and play a version where the Hornets win. We'll get to all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. Doug, it was so close. Uh, an OT loss, another one. They don't do it. All right, you're leaving. Uh, thank you for helping out with all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Thank you, and you're good. I can just do the rest of the show solo. Put me live. That's Doug Branson. You can check no! him out. You're not, Doug? Who are no. you right now? You're not, Doug. Um, no. Find Doug on everyhornetsboxscore.com, putting out some content. It might be a not the Knicks, Not the Knicks. Not the Knicks. Not that way. Not like this. I felt like that character in The Matrix. Not like this. It can't end like this with (laughs) an angle. His foot was not on the line. The refs were garbage the entire game. This was unbelievable. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, where if you go to YouTube, you can catch us live. You can catch us happy if they win, and you can catch us just a little somber if they lose. And you know what? I, Doug, you said something before we started recording that I want to get to. You're happy that this team actually makes you feel sad because that means there is some hope. That means that they provided a way to win at the end of the game, and it continues to start not too many people thought this team would have at full health. I mean, that's disregarding the fact that they didn't have their best player, LaMelo, again. They don't have Terry Rozier again, and they don't have Cody Martin. And yet they go to overtime in Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks, and you're sad because they lost. And it's okay to be sad. Yes, we can also sing the praises of everybody that showed up. Wrong. I can't wait wrong. to talk all about the good stuff wrong. surrounding wrong. Dennis Smith Jr., but you're wrong. You're, you're not wrong. feeling very good. I don't. <laughs> you're wrong. You're. I'm not okay. sad. Go, I'm not. Go, I'm not. I am not sad. Okay. I am mad that they lost, and I'm. Okay. And I'm happy. Yes, you're right about this. I am happy that they made me mad. And really, it wasn't the team that made me mad because we'll get to it later. There were so many great performances in this game. I'm mad that I think the referees ruined what would have been the first overtime victory for the Charlotte Hornets in eight games and eight attempts. They lost all seven overtimes, and and they can't possibly lose eight overtimes in a row. I thought Steve Clifford was going to be a new regime, a new leaf. They were going to get this win, get over the top of the New York Knicks, and instead... Uh, the referees, you know, they they play. Let's talk about Anglegate because the the uh, in arena team puts up an angle that that everybody, even in the arena, the Knicks fans were going, get that, get that off, get that off the screen because it clearly showed PJ's foot with a little space that you couldn't see in any of the other angles. It was just, you know, come on, and, and then and then you know Clifford's pointing it out to the referees, and they won't even <laughs> go right. look he, at it again. He was pleading, he was just saying, hey, just look at it. Nope, refs wouldn't do it. Now, look, I I think you can do this, right? I'm going to put you to work here. I, I I know you're angry. I want you to use this anger as fuel to carry out some chore here on the show so if you can go to the crown club twitter handle because i think they put out a picture and it was the closest to pj actually shooting behind the line if i'm not mistaken so if you can do that that's the one right like there was apparently what was going on if you i mean i'm sure people were watching the game and we appreciate joining us live here but apparently madison square garden 
they showed an angle where the fans were a little scared. So right. it's funny. The Horn- it, <laughs> the Hornets fans felt like this was going to be a one-point game at the end of this shot. The Knicks fans in the arena felt like it was going to be a tie ball game and they were going to have to stay up just a little bit later and go to double OT. And this is the picture. Can, can you zoom in? Yeah. Enhance. Yeah, zoom in. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> look at that. See, I, I look did. right there, right? I, I don't know if you can see my cursor, yeah. but right there, that's that's court. It, it's, you know, it's tough. This is a low res image. So it might, it I may look like the brown. line. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Light brown right there in between the dark purple of his shoe and the uh, Royal uh, New York blue. Right there, that's that's where the space was. I mean, unbelievable. Um, yes, David. They Walker, don't apparently. Apparently, the National Basketball Association does not have access to my technology of hitting mm. Command Plus several times to take a look and see if the foot was on the line or not. That's a PJ Washington three. I don't care what the record books say. I don't care. I mean, look, that's that's clear. Okay. I mean, that is as clear as you can possibly get. That's a three pointer. And as far as I'm concerned, the Charlotte Hornets not only tied the ball game up on that shot, they but won they the won. That's David right. Walker, that's a win our in my buddy is. Book. Yep, yep. There you go. He commented, our buddy David Walker, who I've said three times, but we keep interrupting. It's yes, yes. Give us the angles, David Walker. According to Rod Boone, Cliff said he looked at the replay after the game and confirms it's two, <laughs> but he's also not buying it. No, and I agree. That's the kind no. of energy we want on the live broadcast um uh, cliff cliff's being diplomatic so he does because he was really hard on the refs he's probably yes. trying to avoid a, an nba fine cliff we got you wink can, wink 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 we understand what you're saying we understand we what you're saying cliff. surrounding steve clifford at the end of games all season long real quick because because my question is we were so surprised i i think that's a fair word to use we were surprised to see just how angry steve clifford was after the game against the pelicans like i want to play a game in these postcasts on if we're going to get angry or happy cliff like i feel like you don't get happy cliff a ton so angry is going to be the default answer but do you think we got real mad angry cliff in the in the presser tonight or do you think like he he wasn't all the way boiling like he sometimes is no i mean there were certainly some things that he's going to pick apart in the film room in this game especially in that first half right um there were opportunities for them to keep the new york knicks out of the paint and, and they didn't take advantage of those opportunities. Now, credit to the New York Knicks. They made just an absolute ton of tough shots in this game. Oh, so yeah. did the Hornets. So did the Hornets. They went punch for punch for them with them through a lot of this game. But at the same time, there were other opportunities that the Hornets could have fought off the margin a little bit better in the first half had they kept them out of the paint. So there's things to pick apart. But I think you know Clifford's going to have a, a, a view of the entirety of this game and go – the bench played great. I got some real tough plays there in fourth quarter and overtime. Yeah, there were mistakes. You know, Kelly getting the technical. Like, what? I was ready to be like, mm-hmm. Kelly, Ubre, Tsunami, father, maturing. He's driving. He's getting fouled instead of taking the pull-up jumper. He's getting rebounds, getting so many tough rebounds. And then an OT, there was a missed call. Again, I thought the refereeing was not very good in this game. No, it, it wasn't. Ha- yeah, it, it wasn't just about that foot on the line. There were a lot of missed calls. One of them was on the out-of-bounds <laughs> that should have not been off Kelly. And Kelly gets the technical on the other end you just like this happened with miles bridges last season you just have to understand time and situation you cannot give up a precious point in overtime so So there's going to be things to pick apart but he's not going to be mad i think he's going to be understanding 
All right, let's go to break because there's still a lot of stuff I want to leak in from the first segment to the <laughs> there's second. Like, there's segment, like twenty seven. Th- this, this listen, this this postcast might be two hours. I'm sorry. Okay. All I'm right. sorry. It just might be. We might have to go over. I know what the rules are on the Locked On Podcast Network. I understand what the format is, but we just had a game where it felt like nobody could miss, and then everybody could miss, and then there was a foot on the line, but it really wasn't on the line. There's just so much to get to. Yeah, I have to do the WFNZ show tomorrow, and so do you, Doug. You're going to be joining me tomorrow, so we have to get our sleep. We've got one segment. You better think about that. You better think about letting me on the radio. You better hope I get a good night's sleep and and come to my senses. I'm about to go. I'm about to while out on the W and WFNZ is going to stand out, going to stand for Doug's wiling out. Wild fans, baby. Doug is about to be one. That's the WF a part of that, and then I'll think of the NZ later. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We're going to finish our reaction on this game against the Knicks. Kelly Oubre not being the tsunami father that we all wanted. And Dennis Smith Jr. being the backup point guard that we all wanted. We'll get to that in just a moment. Now, before we talk about Bet Online, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football betting and sports betting needs. Also, the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. More on the Knicks loss or the win. We might just play Fantasy Land in the third segment. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is his oh, name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he, he, Matt he Thomas. Didn't play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me at an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, you're not the only one with new technology. I myself have new technology. It's state-of-the-art stuff that the NBA could also use to deem P.J. Washington shot a three. And I myself am able to read some of the chats that people are writing into the live show. Uh, he's, all right, here's Z-Bird every day, writes in, at the end of regulation, if it's a tie game, you got to get a shot going to the rim. Well, Jalen McDaniels tried that. What I loved is seeing multiple people on my timeline say, Putting Jalen McDaniels in this game seems smart. By the way, I agree. I think it was smart to put Jalen McDaniels in this game, but then he got ISO big old eyeballs when he saw Mitchell Robinson in front of him, decided to take him to the rim, and then got swatted out of bounds. Eric Collins said, yep, Hornets might be lucky that Mitchell Robinson blocked that and it went out of bounds. Well, that so uh, Z Bird was talking about end of regulation. That that uh, right. McDaniels play was at the at the end of OT. But the the thing about the McDaniels sub, yes, that was a uh, an ill advised drive on one of the best shot blockers in, in the association. But it was really the timeout that he used. It was a final timeout to get the Jalen sub in there. And they, they could have definitely used that timeout as they were trying to get an additional play through the foul game. So I think there's you know, it's it's tough to second guess those kind of things in the moment. He's trying to get more shooters on so that they can, you know, 
they, they can uh, save the game there. So I understand it. But at, at the end of the day, it, it, it did hurt them. Now, at the end of regulation, he's talking about, you know, they right. get it. They get PJ a great look at three. I honestly think, Z Bird, that PJ should have taken that three. Like, I thought he had the step yeah. on Barrett. I think he might have seen in his periphery, I don't know who it was, quickly maybe coming over to help, just taking that little jab step towards him. I wonder if he got a little scared because he had the step on Barrett, but he doesn't take the three. Uh, instead, he gives it up to Hayward, who gets a shot at the rim, but it just doesn't get anywhere near the rim, unfortunately. But they did get the ball inbounded, at least, Walker. <laughs> That's progress. I, I like you put that tweet out there, and that was, I believe, after Gordon Hayward's air ball. And yet we were still celebrating the fact that it went in because yeah, you know, that baby is so steps, you know? <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. Next time, we're going to hit rim. Um, Z-Bird <laughs> also put up here earlier on the chat. He said... Um, that this team is playing a lot better at basketball than Doug playing 2K. I have not seen your streams, Doug. Have they not been going well? Have the previews not been a success for you? Well, it looked like I was uh, that the stream was going to be prescient because in the in my 2K stream, I couldn't hit free throws for anything. Mm-hmm. That was what the, what the Hornets were doing early in this game. They couldn't hit free throws. I think in that first half, they were close to 60-something percent. And then, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett tore me up, and and certainly he played well in this one. Actually, they dealt with Randall quite well. Um, that happened in my stream, too. So a lot of things were lining up. But, yeah, the, the Knicks absolutely <laughs> decimated me. But enough about the fake NBA. Well, and, Yeah, go ahead. No, well, the one I was going to ask, too, and just one more comment to kind of lead us into a topic I still wanted to continue to discuss. Uh, Matt Strand wrote in, please talk about the weak sauce tech given to Oubre. Seems Knicks can cry to refs all night and nothing done about it. Kelly says a few words and is teed up. Look, I have no clue what Kelly said to the official. That's what you always have to consider in these situations, right? I don't know. You know, maybe you could have the ref be soft, I don't, maybe you don't think it was warranted. I just have zero clue what I did see. And I was watching it, right? Because sometimes my Twitter timeline will come in a little faster than my streaming service. And so I saw what was about to take place. I I hate it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So I was watching Kelly and Kelly was John to the ref as it was happening. He kept talking to him, kept talking to him. So I don't know what he said, Doug, but it was unfortunate nonetheless. And it's something you just can't do continue it right like it's it's something you gotta let go right that's that's the point right it's time and situation if this if this tech gets picked up in the second quarter then i'm all with matt and everybody else saying it was a weak tech i I get it but in the but in the in in that situation in overtime when when points are hard to come by like that overtime things got real mucked up and and it was real tough to score you just can't give up precious points and so you really you just got to say nothing um, and, and that's just the bottom line. So you, you just can't give the ref any opportunity to, to tee you up in that situation. He obviously said something, and you got to say nothing in those situations. I want to talk a little more about Kelly, too. I, I felt like this was a big-time polarizing game for him. Uh, I, I don't know, and sometimes I, I like to look at the dichotomy that is my timeline, and I know that's kind of Kelly in a nutshell. What did, I say was, on, what did I say on WFNZ last time I was on? You take the good, you take the bad, and there you have Tsunami Poppy. Like, it's always going – like, you're. I just – that's always how it's going to be. It's going to be a yeah. little bit of good and a little bit of bad. Yeah, and, and I, I just felt like some people on my Twitter timeline were really happy with what Kelly was doing because he because and this is the reason why, like 
you you can see he's trying to change the way that he played last year. There there is something different there. He is attacking a lot more. You're seeing the mid range game that he worked on clearly this off season, or at least that he made an emphasis to make sure he was taking more mid range jumpers that he was hitting. Um, but when you get to overtime, you have the tech. You have some bad decisions being made at the end of the game by him. You also have the air ball three. I think Steve Clifford wanted him to take it coming off of that screen, if I'm not mistaken. But Kelly, it was way off, right? You know, air ball. But again, he's changing the way he plays, kind of. I also thought there was a good defensive play where at the end of this game, they were able to get out in transition because he had an excellent block on a, on a putback attempt where he was just able to get out of the floor pretty fast. So, yeah, just, man, you're way, like, you got all of the up-and-down stuff from Kelly in this game, and unfortunately the bad stuff happened in crunch time. A lot of people in the chat asking about uh, Big Nick, Big Nick Energy, Nick Richards. Gets 19 minutes in this game, uh, only two field goal attempts, though. He did have seven points, two assists, but only four rebounds. Two of those offensive, we've come to know that from Nick. But he was a plus 12 on the game, but only gets the 19 minutes. What did you make of Big Nick's game? There's a little slowdown from his previous outings. Yeah, and and shot four free throws and and hit three of the four free throws. I thought when Nick was in, he looked good. It was a slowdown, but it I I didn't think that Nick Richards was bad in this by any means, right? Like I I thought Nick Richards actually provided some rim pressure one time. I thought there was one shot. I think it was R.J. Barrett. As we're just kind of speaking about this after the game, I think maybe R.J. Barrett tried to shoot and was bothered by a Nick Richards rotation coming off his guy to to contest at the rim. Um, yeah, I look. There were some people calling for Nick Richards to play at the end of this game, and I would have done that. You know, Mason Plumley wasn't doing anything well, spectacular, and Mason Plumley at the end of this game was getting the minutes. Thirty-one total for Mason, only nineteen. Yeah, because he played because he played so much at the end of the fourth quarter, and then played the uh, almost the entire overtime yep. set so yeah i mean that's that's where the minutes distribution got way off from what we've typically seen this season which nick richards getting more minutes than mason but let me tell you something nick rich you know i'm in love with players that do it in the box score so i'll give nick richards a break in this one because he has been doing it so much in the box score but he actually did something that doesn't show up on the box score there you uh, go. well it shows up in some like stats deep stats but he was setting some absolute monster screens in this game. He was... Oh, and J- yes. Like, he was absolutely taking Jalen Brunson and putting him into the second row. Like, it was crazy. And I was, like, counting them. And and he's a plus 12. And I think part of the reason he's a plus 12 is because he, when he was in the game, he was taking players out with his screens and setting up buckets for other players, including DSJ, including Jalen McDaniels, who got one of those three-point... Or the Maladon, actually. Maladon got a three-pointer late in the first quarter that pulled it uh, to 32-30 off of one of those Nick Richards screens. So again, just showing up value. Now to why Clifford played Plumlee, okay? I'm not going to justify it. I'm just going to try to crawl into Clifford's brain. And I think there's a couple of things going on. One, the Knicks are huge. And, and, you know, Yes, Nick is lengthier, but he's not beefier than Mason. So maybe he wanted Mason in there 
to you know just try to get some uh, better positioning on the defensive rebounds. I don't know, uh, you know, but but Nick Richards has been better lengthy, you know, with his length on the boards. So the only other thing that I can come up with is just that that starting unit that he went with at the end of the game. There's a rhythm kind of thing, right? They've played together the most. They know where they know where each other's going to be. And if you insert Nick in with that starting unit, that's just not a that's probably not a unit that's gotten a lot of run this year. So that's the only thing that I could think of if I'm just trying to crawl into Clifford's brain. Um, do you want to finish up with some backcourt conversation on the other side? Do you want to talk about I, that Honestly, now? I would just I think we just hit the chat and we go player by player because like I said, seriously, I'm, let me just get, hit this box score real quick and just right. throw some point totals at you. Gordon Hayward, 21. P.J. Washington, 17. Kelly Oubre, 17. Jalen McDaniel, 17. Theo Maladon. Mm-hmm. Don't call him Theo. Don't you dare I, call I him Theo. Did. I already Don't did Don't you call dare Theo. call him Theo. I'm His done. name is Theo. Theo. Gotta let go 15 points 13 points for book night dennis smith jr gets 14 so tons of storylines we gotta we just gotta hang on here with these live chat everybody's up in the chat right now we just gotta hang until we get all these storylines out okay my my do we hang in the second segment or the third segment <laughs> which, which segment do we hang yeah in? let me i need to catch my breath and get some okay. of these chats in here and then okay. we'll come back all right <laughs> That didn't answer Teo, my question. Teo, gotta let uh, go. I keep saying, I keep thinking you're going to go, Teo, Teo, come and nope. me want to go home. All I right, want to celebrate and live my life saying, Teo, baby, let's go. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. <laughs> Don't wake gonna, my baby up. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sing a lot more about Teo Maladon, and I want to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. Holy cow, dude is awesome. That's next. Third segment, Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot <laughs> wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'm not a big holy cow guy. I can't. I don't know why that came to my mind there, but I just I went with it. That's what Dennis Smith Jr. made me do. I caramba, baby. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think it was like holy cannoli for Clay Thompson. Holy I just, cannoli. I went holy cow. Um, Doug, we got to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. more than anybody, and Teo Maladon deserves all of the love as well. I got that, well. I, okay, you can you can say that, but I'm just going to say that there is one player. I'm going to tease this. There's one player I would like to talk about in this game a little bit more than Dennis Smith Jr. In fact, if the Hornets would have won this game, I would have given this player the game ball over Dennis Smith Jr., but let's talk okay. about DSJ. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, there's a few, right? I've, I've got three I feel like that could be potential. Um, maybe four if you wanted to talk about that. Right. I tell you, right. everybody right. played well. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., man, I thought – so let's start with the defense first. I That guy, maneuvering screens, staying in front of his man – to me, I put this out there. This is the type of box score where you might see Jalen Brunson eat really well. 10 of 15 from the field, 27 points, 40% from three on five attempts that he had, hit all of his free throws, right? 13 assists, seven rebounds. Jalen Brunson was awesome in this game, okay? Those were tough shots that he hit. When you mentioned that the Knicks hit a lot of tough shots, and that's kind of Jalen Brunson's game. He's a physical card, and I get that, but... I thought Dennis did about everything he could anytime he was manned up on Brunson, you know, like 
Uh, even even the jump ball that was called a foul, um, I thought that was a good defensive play from from Dennis Smith Jr. There was the the fade from Jalen Brunson where he's hitting that, or the maybe the runner over DSJ. I thought defensively, Dennis Smith Jr. continues to give a bleep. And he's been very awesome on that end of the floor. Now, offensively, Doug, perhaps that's a little bit more surprising to me, but he is running the offense very comfortably. So like this is someone that is up there in minutes played the last few games. He continues to get deflections. He had a couple of steals in this one. He had 11 assists and he shows up in crunch time moments. So Dennis Smith Jr. was just hitting mid-range jumpers, just some tough shots, deciding, all right, well, I got Mitchell Robinson on me, you know, bang, bang, between the legs, mid-range jumper. Then we saw the nice dish to Nick Richards when he, he when he drove down the lane. I believe that was Nick Richards who was the beneficiary of that assist. And then Dennis hit the bucket to send it into overtime. I, I mean, watching him play, man, that <laughs> non-guaranteed contract, it needs to be guaranteed. We need to be thinking about this guy for the future. Give him a lifetime contract, man. Like I, I love watching what Dennis Smith Jr. has done for this team. I have to remember what the, what sort of the the idea about who Dennis Smith Jr. was as an offensive player before he comes to Charlotte. He was a player that had a reputation for being able to easily get to the rim, but mm-hmm. didn't know what to do once he got there. Couldn't finish. A player that had a reputation of not being able to shoot. And I'm not, I'm talking everywhere, mid-range, three-point shots, just like the jump shot wasn't working for Dennis Smith Jr. in New York and Dallas. Uh, you know, started to get a little bit better when he made that short stop in Portland. Uh, started to recover a little bit, but you know, obviously the injury bug got him there too. Now all of that's completely turned around, and and I don't, you know, change of scenery. Maybe he felt like this was his last opportunity to make something work. Something just clicked. Maybe it's something within Clifford's scheme offensively, and and, and being appreciated as a defensive player, being uh, relied upon. I mean, we have to just say like. You know, maybe part of this is LaMelo's injury and him getting this particular opportunity and then Terry's injury on top of that. You know, hopefully he can carry this over when his role changes. That's the concern, right? Like he's feeling it right now because he's getting so much of the offense. What happens when you start to peel that away? We'll leave that concern for later. But right now, great facilitator, great score. He's hitting tough twos. He hit that one over Evan Fournier. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Dribble, 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 pull up. Like it was, it was just beautiful to watch. I don't, you know, other than LaMelo and, and Kemba, we just haven't seen that, you know, at the point guard position very much. And, in Hornets history. So well, you, you, you know, bring up the sustainability once LaMelo and Terry comes back. Here's what gets me more excited. I think it can. And it's because I think LaMelo, I I've always talked about how I think LaMelo can play with a bunch of dudes, man. Like yeah. I think he, he's someone with the catch and shoot ability. The fact that he can shoot the three pointer as well as he can, not only is it great just because it's nice to shoot in today's day and age, but it makes you, adaptable to whatever player you put alongside him in the backcourt. In fact, I think LaMelo is enhanced by another ball handler being in the backcourt. Dennis Smith Jr. to me, like Dennis Smith Jr. and LaMelo minutes, DSJ and Terry minutes, LaMelo and Terry. Kimba and Jeremy Lin minutes. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. I, I think it can work. I, I like, I like that pairing, especially defensively. Having him alongside Lamelo, I I can't believe it. You you tweeted it out. Goodness great, do we have too many point guards? 
Do, do the Hornets have too many, Doug? <laughs> well, well, you know, they have just enough because they're they're getting all these injuries. And that's Probably what's important like to remember, too. The next One of the next players I want to talk about before I get to the player that I would actually give the game ball to is Teo Maladon, yeah. who, uh, remember, Teo Maladon comes into this game you know, having not played at all in the preseason with the Charlotte Hornets because they picked him up off of waivers right after the preseason. So this guy is just really just now kind of starting to get acclimated to what it is Steve Clifford wants to do. And so what he's been able to do offensively, he scores 15 in this, but also defensively, he's been an absolute pest. He's been a good facilitator as well. Just all these guys coming in and giving you multiple uh, sets of skills and executing at a high level, uh, it's it's been really incredible to watch. And honestly, that makes me feel really good because Lamella will come back and then and then DSJ slips into that new role right and, and Terry Rozier comes back but then D, there are some injury concerns around DSJ and if those happen to crop back up hopefully they don't because then you're maybe talking about most improved player if he becomes you know de facto six man for the Charlotte Hornets but then if he does get injured hey I'm actually confident that Teo Maladon could come in and give you legitimate quality minutes because he was absolutely great in this game as well do you want to hear the stats on Teo Maladon so far this season? Because I would oh, like yep. to tell you them. Yep. Um, I think Teo, if my math is correct, trying to add this on the fly, is shooting 87.5% in the three games that he's played for the Charlotte Teo, Hornets. Um, we love small sample size school. theater the last two days, so we might as well embrace it. Um, he also hit both of his three-point shot attempts in this one. That is I not something that he's been very good. Sometimes. Uh, four assists for Teo. Only Gotta one turnover, cool. one steal, 15 points. I yeah. Celebrate and live mm. my life. One more time. Saying, Teo, what are you baby, saying? Let's go. I just start I just start getting quieter because uh, if I wake my baby up <laughs> to Teo, um, to a Teo weird owl bit. Yeah, like that. Yeah, one. <laughs> producer Katie's gonna throw me AO out of the house. Uh, yeah, she's she's gonna kick your AO. Um all right. There what's you go. what's you the, what's yeah, I was gonna we're we're working it out. We were a team there. What's your next player? Who do you want to talk about? Jalen McDaniels is hitting all the threes. I mean, yeah, yeah he had the, them, he had the bad the decision there at the end when he was trusted. When it's like Steve was like, "I trusted you." <laughs> what, I what trusted you, you. I trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he he had an incredible game, just hitting three uh, three pointer after three pointer. What was the final? What was the final tally on on Jalen? Six of ten from the field, three of three from three, seventeen point six rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. I mean, the steals and blocks in this game, nine steals, five blocks. I'm looking at the percentages for both teams. They're both shooting the lights out. I just had this pulled up on cleaning the glass. This is kind of incredible. So in this game, uh, New York shot points per possession, 130. Charlotte was 117. Uh, that's incredible for both teams. Effective field goal percentages were 66.7 and 63.1 for Charlotte. Those would be like, those would represent the highest, some of the highest effective field goal percentages in, in the entire league and in, in, in games this season. Um, this was an absolute slugfest. The Hornets actually defended the rim and shot at the rim really uh, effectively in this game, incredibly. Like New York should have been the more effective rim team. The Char Charlotte Hornets actually shot 71% at the rim. That's that's like the best game that they've had in the rim in quite a while. Um, unfortunately, that short mid game was what killed them. 76.9% from the short mid. New York just kept getting into the paint, hitting floaters, uh, hitting hook shots. They can get all the way to the rim, but that short mid game, like if you look at the shot chart, See if I can bring it up here. Um, it actually Good is. Good enunciation there, by the way. We've had mistakes with it in the past. 
I know it's it's been a tough thing for me. But if you, yeah, so let me see if I can pull <laughs> this up. Um, yeah, I can't play the bump now, unfortunately. I do have a bump about that. Let me see if I can bring this up. Screen share. Well, let's you want me go to, to it. Okay, here go we go. Ahead. I've got the chat up too. But you can see in this. Um, let me full screen this. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, all right, so New York Knicks shot chart here. I mean, look at all of this green here in the middle of the paint. I mean, this is probably where the Hornets lost this game. And then if you look at Charlotte, they got similar looks right down the lane, but a lot of X's, a lot of red X's. The Hornets really weren't effective in this short mid. They did get all the way to the rim and were effective there, but just all of this is where they lost this game, unfortunately. So we should probably talk about one more player before we end it, and then I do want to pose my one player. Question. I don't know. I'm talking. About, I don't know if my player is your player. My player, the player of the game. Well, let's so hold on. Let's do this. Let's do this. On three, okay. we'll both say the right. name. Okay? Well, the the one I want to talk about. I don't know if I'd give him player of the game. I'd probably go Dennis Smith Jr. But that's fine. I I do want to talk about him. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. Who's ready? counting? Who's you. counting? You do it. Okay. You do it. Am I going three, two, one, or one, two, three? Um, are you doing shoot as well? Just one, two, three, and then we'll say it after that. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, PJ James Washington. McKnight. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Very okay, different. Okay, can I give my spiel on PJ? Because I, seriously, I'll, I'll make it quick. I'll make it quick. This is, this is Freaky Friday, man. You want to talk about Jalen and PJ, so go ahead. That's fine. Well, because PJ especially down the stretch of this game. He obviously hit the big shot. That was a three. You'll never convince me otherwise. Angle <laughs> I gate. Won't, I won't try. I, I've, you know, I, I listened to basketball Illuminati. I've got my third eye open. I'm going to submit it to them. They've got to take a look at this angle gate. But PJ, <laughs> it's not even about the shot. It's about the number of defensive plays he made and getting to the line, by the way. In OT, he did miss one of two on his first trip to the line. But after a couple of misses by other players, he gets to the line twice, then strips it from, I believe it was Julius Randle. He gets a strip on Randle, and Randle finally gets one on him, but it was after P.J. absolutely shut Randle down. Randle made the bucket, you know, that that that, that helped seal the, the game. ISO, you know, yeah. There's no doubt about that, but, like, man, P.J. made his life an absolute living hell in this game. P.J. Washington, if they had won this game, Again, shot be damned. I would have given uh, P.J. Washington the player of the game because he was absolutely incredible on the defensive end. Uh, look, I mean, P.J. is is going – look, we're, we're small sample size. We're going to get to a point at the midway part of the season, and we are going to be talking about P.J., you know, getting some love for some all-defensive teams. I don't care. Like, I'm putting it out there. Like, I think there's that possibility. There's a lot of great defenders not thinking at the top of the dome right now. Maybe there's just too many there ahead of them. But I think PJ and that type of ability, he's been phenomenal. Um, Book night, though, like the, the reason I wanted to talk about him just real quickly is because it was clearly his best game. He, he put together uh, a pretty good stretch of basketball, the best one we've seen from him in a while. Actually hit a couple of threes in this one and was driving and finishing at the rim. So the final stats for James Book night, 17 minutes, five of nine from the field, um, shot to a five from three point range, had a had a few assists, only one turnover. So he wasn't doing that thing where he dribbles in the lane and then turns it over automatically, right? Where it just drives us mad. Had some nice shots at the rim. Made three, um, I believe, of his four field goals in two-point range. Yeah, so I just, I like it, right? Like James Booknight gave you something tonight. Helped you be in the position you were to possibly win this game. Nice step forward for James Booknight who really desperately needed a good overall game. 
Well, and he's had a couple now, right? He's starting to – that's what you like to see, that he's stringing together a couple of good performances, and he's getting these little buckets of minutes. It's not It's not totally spread out. He's getting these little bursts of minutes as, as the rotation is going to figure itself out as other players come back into the game. But I think he's made his argument, and he's made a decent argument that he should get – uh, more minutes in the future, even when some of these players well, rotate back into the rotation. It's going to be difficult, but I, but I think he's made his argument. I, go, I hate to focus on the refs, but what about that play? Somebody asked about it in the chat where Julius Randle absolutely just ran over Booknight. Um, you know, James Plowright thought he had a concussion. Luckily, he came back in the game. Hopefully, he doesn't enter the concussion protocol. Hopefully, he's fine. But the amazing thing about that play, so Julius Randle, he's going for the loose ball. Booknight is. Julius Randle... This was after Book Knight hit a great layup, so this was a follow-up play on another great play. That uh, Book Knight gets absolutely destroyed by Julius Randle. No call. Book Knight hits the floor. They force a miss. Or maybe it was Brunson that clobbered him. I don't know. Anyway, no call somehow. Knicks miss. He gets up, runs the floor, and then ends up throwing the alley-oop to Gordon Hayward. So, I mean, he hit him with the possum play. He played dead. And ended up getting, <laughs> getting a great play. He was roadkill, and then all of a sudden he was killing the Knicks. So you know it was uh, pretty amazing to well, see uh, him him bounce back like that. So 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 that point you made, I want to ask that and tease that for the next episode, and have that maybe be segment one because I'm interested. Right? The question is, who is the guy left out of the rotation at full health? Because it's going to be tough with the guys playing right now. It, Cody Martin, he's going to be a part of it. Obviously, Lamelo and Terry are going to be getting a lot of minutes. So right now, like, I don't don't it's answer. Crazy, it, right? man. I, I, I no, want to I want to set the I'm scene. Not, I'm just gonna just I just want to just sort yeah. of meditate on this idea that everything that we witnessed tonight, no Cody Martin, no Lamelo Ball, no Terry Rozier. What the bench and the starters, the people who are filling in, Kelly Oubre included, Gordon Hayward. We got to talk about these Gordon Hayward turnovers at some point. That's got to be a segment because his turnovers are like way outside. And maybe it's because he's doing too much. I don't know. We'll talk about it in, a, in another segment. But Gordon Hayward got to cut these turnovers down. So, um, so the, go ahead. But just like everybody filling in has been, you know, even in a loss like this that is painful, uh, is is really incredible to watch. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this was this was fun. It was maddening. It was enraging. Um, but you know. I think the I think the Hornets are going to bounce back. They've got a game against Orlando to kind of, you know, regroup before before they face off against the Warriors to to give it the old college try. All right. And you never know. For- you never know who they're going to get back. So that's that's going to be interesting too. Do you want to take a look at the chat before we head out? Sure, we can do that. Uh, people have been hanging out, man. This chat is exploding. Danny says PJ is clutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, we didn't even talk about them just refusing to shoot a few times at the end of this game. I mean, they they did that. I don't even know how many times where it was pump fake pass, pump fake pass, pump fake, pump fake, air ball. Like stop. Well, well Ubre had the well Ubre well, but Ubre had that one play in OT where he goes ball fake, ball fake, ball fake, and finally got Mitchell to move a step and then got the bucket and, yeah, and cut corner, the yeah. cut the lead to one. So um, there was that opportunity. Uh, Chief says Brunson hit some unbelievably difficult shots on very yeah, good DSJ defense. Yeah, man. I mean, it was you know you got to give it up to to that signing. Um, <laughs> his dad loved it. He was on the sidelines. Whatever you know, yeah, you got to give it up for tampering. I guess I don't know. 
I just can't with the Knicks. I just can't with the Knicks. I didn't realize it was this much disdain just, for you. Regard, see, for because the I Knicks always, ex- the Knicks always think they're back. The Knicks always think they've got a team. They've ne- they never have a team. They're always breaking hearts. They were terrible last year, and they're going to do it again. They're here. They are again. They're what? See, they're I, now three. They're uh, now three and one. They're going to trick everybody again. It's Halloween. It's trick or treat. It's always tricks. It, they're they're always TPing your yard by the end of the year. It's just ridiculous, man. Watching your brain work when you when you're going to this. I'm an artist. Just let me paint. (laughs) Really, uh, it is. It is like I can see it. Yeah, you repeated, and it's like trick or treat. Okay, I get the hand. You know, you know, I'm gonna go when I get the hands going. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm ready for it. Um, I forgot. I honestly forgot what I was gonna say. I I was I wanted to interrupt you, and then I forgot. That's fine. Go ahead. A couple more chats. What what else? Uh, Let's see. Matt says PJ can guard almost anyone he's asked to he puts everything into the defensive end dude is uh i uh, lost it the chat the chat killed me no, dude is the most irreplaceable player after a lamello i mean i'm starting i'm yeah. starting to believe that i really am uh, there you go come trey aboard, says buddy. more thor but there might be less thor sadly what? i mean he's not playing now He's not. I mean, th- there's just so much depth on this team like i i want to argue it i really do um i'm just I'm at this point now where I'm just like, yeah, who are who are you going to ask to sit down at this point? It's I know people turning, are yelling for Plumley, but that's just not realistic. It's turning more into the morning Thor movement is what you're doing. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Morning Thor. That's what I'm going. I'm spelling it out because I wanted the joke to more, land. Yeah, morning Thor. Yeah. There you, you go. Gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Emphasize Simply. the more there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, we'll work on it. We'll workshop it. Tyler Thank says, you. I feel like if we can get a really good big for Gordon, it opens up a spot for Ubre McDaniels. Would have to be a Mitchell Robinson or Valanchunas type. That's really interesting. You know, it's really early in the season. But yeah, when we get closer to the trade deadline, you know, I, I wonder if this depth is sustainable, right? If it does open up some opportunities to actually trade a Terry or a Gordon and not do it in the scenario that we all thought it was going to be done in, which was tear down, rebuild, go after Wibanyama, but you actually move one of those veterans on big contracts to teams that desperately need that because you're confident that you can get some replacement value there and then and then upgrade maybe another position. That's that's super interesting. I think we got to continue to talk about that. Um, as, not as the right season now. On. Right as the season, you had not right now. Look, you're on Central Time. I'm on Eastern Time. It's 11:30. We appreciate you guys joining us in the live chat. It is time. We have a show. Doug, you and I have a WFNZ show to do tomorrow. Are you ready? You got one segment. Are you going to get rested? Are well you enough? ready? Are your you li- have- are your listeners ready? What time oh, is yeah. it? What, what time am I doing it? Yeah, you're doing it 11. 20 Eastern time. There you so go. 10, Tune in 1120. I'm going to go crazy on the radio. They're never going to let me on again. No, that's probably not true. We're, we've got the dumb button. That's the thing. We've got the dumb button. So we'll be ready the, to go. Did you say the dumb button? What'd you call me? Did you call me dumb? <laughs> dumb Branson. Follow him on Twitter at Dumb I'm going to keep this show going. I'm just going to see how long I can keep this show going. People are still it's, chatting. It's, we got to give no, the people get, what they want. Get out of here. Get out of here, chatters. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game. This is NBA. why they like me more than they like you, by the way. I, I, oh, I know. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow game to game on Lockdown NBA. 
available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Doug goes solo for the next three hours off of this fantasy land win that they experience against the Knicks. I'm going to check out, and if you check out, we'll be back with you tomorrow.